there, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews. The movie review podcast that will guide you through a movie. And this time, I mean it this time. <laughs> Tonight, I'm doing my Halloween special. So, I thought I would do Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Because it turns 40, and it is the black sheep of the franchise. Not only that, but this will be a as-live watch-along now, I've all done one of these things before, and it was a bloody well car crash, so I hope to God this thing becomes better. But, before I guide you through the madness, that is Halloween 3, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this thing. With its budget of $2.5 million, this thing pulled in $14.4 million. Starring Tom Atkins, Stacey Nelkin, Dan O'Healy, Richard, sorry, Ralph Strait. Jadim Barbar, uh, Brad Scheichter, I think I put his name, if not, I'm sorry, <laughs> Nancy Keys, and the voice of Jimmy Lee Curtis, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. The plot, an Irish maskmaker wants to take Halloween back to its pagan roots with human sacrifices by using pieces from a rock from Stonehenge to kill all the kids in America in one foul swoop. Well, the ones shipped off to buy the mass anyway. Hmm. It's down to a drunkard doctor to stop him. Can he do so? Find out here. Or will this be the night no one comes home? Now, I meant to say, by the way, uh, get your disc at a ready and, or fire up your streaming service of your choice. I have this thing paused just before the movie kicks in. So... When I count down from three, I'm going to start this thing. So, here we go. A, one, two, and three. So, this thing opens up with the notorious computerised um, opening of the pumpkin, which I didn't like. I hate this opening, by the way. This whole uh, fancy-ass computer graphics stuff, it looks shit today, but apparently was jaw-breaking, or jaw-breaking, jaw-dropping at the time, but uh, it just looks stupid and it's boring. I mean, as the music plays, all I can think of is Stephen King's A Maximum Overdrive, with that bug-nuts insane, coked-out-of-his-mind trailer of Stephen King saying, I'm going to scare the crap out of you, as he has the Green Goblin truck behind him with the glowing red eyes, I mean... Yeah, I was talking about when I hear this music. I mean, it's Stephen King. So as I was saying, this boring opening goes on for too long, I feel. As slowly as a fucking pixelated pumpkin. Which then flashes and gives you bloody epilepsy. I mean, this thing should have an epileptic warning for crying out loud. But there we have that one. Interestingly enough, I found out on my British release of this thing, which was cut, the one I'm watching is supposed to be the uncut version, which is fucking bizarre, because uh, I have no idea what's happening here, but there we have that one, that this was written by a British writer who was famous for writing um, the Quatermass experiment, or was it Quatermass, but the pit, what the hell I think it's called, and this was supposed to be set in Britain, but it was taken and rewritten, and move from England to America. This is why I think this movie would actually work better if it was British and not set in America because that would explain the three TV channels and the one time zone. So, hmm, 
Maybe I should get this thing in Britain. Ah, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. As the pumpkin is now complete and is just about to start flashing, as Tom Lee Wallace is shown. And there we have it, the magic pumpkin. Ooh, spooky, as it starts to flash. So this thing opens up uh, with a man getting chased by two men in a car through Northern California. Apparently this was done as the farthest point away from Haddonfields as uh, they possibly had it, so I have that one. And what I don't know about this movie is how did he figure out what all these... Uh, people were robots or androids, well, actually, not androids, they're robots. And clockwork robots, how the fuck's that one work? I mean, that's ridiculous. So this guy's running for his life with one of the um, three masks, the skeleton, the witch, and the pumpkin, which apparently is why it's called Halloween 3, because the witch represents the paganism, the skeleton represents the fear, and the pumpkin represents the Americanization of Halloween, so there we are that one. As the synth score pounds on. He's trying to get into, what is this, a scrapyard? No, I don't want to go here. These are supposed to be indestructible robots, yet a Cadillac can crush it to pieces and kill it easily, and also they're easily defeated. What is the point of having this robotic army then, if they're easily killed? So the guy is lying in wait, as he thinks he's safe because the, the, the uh, car has driven off. As again, the sim music is playing on and on and on. God, this is going to be an interesting podcast, because I'm going to have to gibber off the top of my head for about an hour and 40 minutes. The joys now. <laughs> Like I said, how did he know about Connell Cochran's plan? Surely the hell this guy would have kept it quiet until the, the last day. I mean, did he manage to escape from one of the test rooms? I mean, I have no idea, but it's not actually explained. This is a problem with this movie. And here we are, the easily fought off, as it says, clockwork robot. So this guy had this thing set up. I mean, I thought he was running for his life and randomly picked this place, but hmm, if he if he had this thing, I wouldn't have like guns and such. I mean, it's just a car. Again, why this should have been made in Britain, not America, but they have that one. So that's that robot dead. As the guy who runs for his life. So he runs to a gas station and up pops the one hour later. And apparently it's the same gas station that's in the fog. So there we have that one. 
We actually have a long species of emptiness, but there we have that one, because what can I say? It's a live watch-along, and I can't be droning on and on and on and on and on, but there we have that. So I say, yeah, so this gas station is supposed to be in the fog. Okay, then. As on TV, it reports the missing Stonehenge rock. How the fuck did somebody steal a, what was it, 100 ton rock and get it all the way from England to California? Who cares? I mean, just move that over because that's not important. What is important is the cheap thrills and the cheap scares in this movie. And there it is, the silver shamrock. Happy, happy, Halloween. And so there's a voice, which is actually London Bridge is falling down, which is why they could use it for free. Apparently, this thing pops up, what is it, 14 times throughout this movie? Isn't that joyful? I mean, one of the most annoying earworm songs ever put to bloody film. So of course, any good horror film, the electricity is off, and it's night time, and there's a thunderstorm, yay. Oh, this is so cliched. I will see the uh, commentary on the disc that I've had for... God, about 20 odd years. Has to be one of the most boring commentary I've ever fucking listened to. Some guy droning on about how this was an idea stolen from some other thing and da 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 da, and us malarkey and this and that, this and that. And it's like, can we just get on with the body thing and give us an interesting piece of information, not some boring ass information? So the poor gas station. Attendant gets a jump scare as the guy from the beginning of the movie, I don't know, faints in front of him, dies of shock, what the hell was happening? So he takes him to the hospital and here we meet. Jump scare, ooh, spooky, the androids are after him. Here we meet, actually not in the hospital, he's in his own little house here. Drunkard Doctor, Dr. Chalice, played by Tom Atkins, the man of the 80s, allegedly. Although why the fuck's this man a lead actor is beyond me. How the hell is he quote-unquote a stud? I mean, uh, why does everybody love this guy? He is just, he's, he's, I mean, he's always playing the same character. He always plays like he's a drunkard who reeks of stale beer and whiskey, but there we have that one. I mean, and his much younger wife, uh, Linda Chalice, played by Nancy Keys, of Halloween fame. Isn't that fan dabby dozy? Mm. And uh, he gets some cheap plastic masks, but they already got masks. Mum already got them. Yay! Two my days for Halloween. No, that crap. Apparently, the original plan was she had the cheap ones and he bought the expensive ones, but it was changed last second. What I want to know is how the hell does Dr. Chalice pull her? I mean, mm. So he's bleat. Oh, God. Number two. Hey, my days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Oh, whatever. 
Oh dear. So he's booked into the um, hospital to deal with the, I don't know, the, the guy with a shock. So this guy is never seen in a scene apart from these these openings in here without a drink in his hand. I mean, he either has a a can of beer or a bottle or something, but he's always constantly drinking. Or he has a glass in his hand. So, hmm, there's an interesting character development there for crying out loud. So, hmm. yeah, another one of these silvers. So, more caveats. God, this is so fucking annoying. So they think this guy's insane as he's clutching onto one of the pumpkin masks and the advert has spooked him from his comatose and that's it, he's just passed out as the uh, gas attention buggers off. So in walks one of the robot assassins, who I think he actually played one of the Michael Myers, he's better that one, as the guy's now sedated. I'm loving the fact that these American uh, hospitals are all empty around Halloween. Yeah, I think not. I mean, I worked in a hospital for a couple of years and hospitals are never this bloody well empty. So in goes Dr. Ch uh, what's his name? Chalice to the doctor's lounge. As the poor guy from the starter movie gets killed by the android as it rips out his nose, I guess, or his eye socket, which is cut from the British um, edit. I believe the British edit is a TV edit, and it's been cut. Oh, basically, all you see is the guy gets his eye poked, and it cuts to wiping the uh, the blood on the um, the curtain. But in this version, you see him ripping out the entire bloody nose or eye socket, what the hell it is, really disgusting, frankly. Got some pretty good gore. I love the fact how the robot has to put gloves on. I love these low angle shots of the almost abandoned hospital, but there we are that one. As in walks the redhead assassin, that's how you know he's an android or a robot. <laughs> this is just punch pokes the guy's eye and rips out his eye and he's uh, nose and such. It's just gross. Ew. 
Yes, well. Hmm. <laughs> just wipes it on the on the cutter. I love that one. She wipes it on the cutter. I just love that. It's just um. Hmm. And he just walks out. into the car park where he blows it up by putting gasoline over himself. I love that. And it just explodes. I mean, typical 80s car. So Dr. Chalice hears the nurse scream so he runs from the doctor's lounge. Obviously hungover because of course he is. Because every good doctor's hungover in the fucking 80s and pissed up he's not, and or on drugs. <laughs> so, Dr. Charles gives chase, as I says, out to the parking lot. The guy just douses himself with gasoline and blows himself sky high. And the car just explodes because, of course, it explodes. It's the fucking 80s cars, as I said. Because every single car in the 80s exploded, no matter what happened to it. You could ding it off a... F I have no idea. A small ding and the car goes boom. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. The fact how nobody grabs a fire extinguisher and tries to run it and stop the fire, you know, just let it burn. I mean, ah, oh dear, oh dear. So it cuts to later on, and Dr. Charles is on the phone to his pissed off wife because he can't get the kids because there's been a murder but, and some guy's assassinated or killed himself, but she didn't have two fucks. I love the police chief, and the police chief, the fire chief, just sits and nods as the wife is chewing him out. I just love this. With the incompetent police doing fuck all as per usual because this is an 80s movie and the cops are idiots. I guess is, what is it with the 80s movies and having incompetent, moronic uh, cops? I mean, ugh, stupid. <clears throat> so after getting chewed out by the wife for, I have no idea, reason, no picking up the kids or some bullshit, he finds the cop has left the Silver Shamrock pumpkin mask and picks it up and now he knows something's amiss. And I've got to say, if I bought one of these Silver Shamrock masks and had that big stupid Silver Shamrock uh, logo to back it, I'd try to rip that thing off, but... So it's the next day, Sunday the 24th of October. And here we meet uh, the guy's daughter, Ellie, played by Stacey Nelkin, who apparently done barely anything after this. This pretty much killed her bloody well career. I mean, hmm. I think she's a stage actor, I think she was, but or a soap actress, what the hell she is, but now, yeah, this killed her career. I'll have to know here, is she an, a robot all along, or was she human? 
is she a trap for anybody else who is going to investigate this uh, death and such? I mean, hmm. I love that one that Shiv tells her, your father's dead because the guy was on drugs, probably. Oh my god, bedside man in this movie. Jesus, jinkies. So with that, Atkins stalks her basically in the hallway but doesn't approach her because she's about what 22 or something like that and they're 21 even he's what in his 40s looks like he's been fucking road hard put away away I mean hmm. <clears throat> So it just cuts to uh, in the coroner's office. It's now Wednesday the 27th. And of course this Dr. Chalice guy chats up every single woman in the hospital. He, of course, intimately knows the MD because of course he does. I mean, this guy's a medallion man. He must reek of bloody karate. I mean... <laughs> Or any other 80s cheap aftershave, I mean, for crying out, any, or anything to hold back the smell of fucking whiskey breath or beer breath, for crying out loud. He, of course, pulls strings because apparently they too shagged once or twice. Jesus Christ. Married with two children, but yeah, you don't just love the 80s. I'm sorry. I'm loving the fact that uh, Tom Atkins has a blue handkerchief hanging out of the back of his pocket throughout this movie. And I'm going to look this thing up, by the way. And yes, and this has now moved on to a bar, because of course he is, with a drink in his hand. And it's now Friday, and this cartoon was made exp uh, for this movie. It's not a real cartoon, so, hmm. I don't think the fact how this thing shows a trailer for Halloween, making this be the real world, and Halloween is just the movie, so... That's your one glimpse, of obviously, throughout the movie. There's all bits and pieces of Michael Myers, and the fans were pissed. I see you give this thing a bloody chance. So according to the handkerchief code, a blue handkerchief is... Uh, where the hell is it? It's not on this bloody list. That's productive, John. You just fucked that right up. Oh dear God, a light blue means he's into cock and ball torture, as you do. I mean, not just a light, whatever makes you feel happy, but 
as long as they're consulting, uh, consenting rather, then who cares? So he piss poorly hits on this early chick by saying what the father says he loved her or not, malarkey, instead of his last words which were, they're going to kill us all! The kids are going to kill us all! So, with that, she takes him to uh, the toy shop that looks like it's been abandoned for about fucking ten years, as it has all the masks and such on the... I mean, all the fact it says close until further notice, I mean, hmm. Is it having masks? There's about, what, three of them? Is that it? This thing looks cheap, also, you get... Oh my god, it looks dingy and cheap. How would anybody go into this place and buy toys from it? Oh my god. So I mean, she shows them. Uh, she, she traced her father and found out he was at this place and got the delivery and such. Da, 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 da. Ah, Mimi Blankenship, which is uh, a naughty to in Halloween 6, I believe it is. Mrs. Blankenship, the one that is actually the cult. Ooh, I don't know what she is. A member of that cult, the weird thorn cult. Because apparently the guy that wrote Halloween 6 was a big, massive fan. He was deep diving over a body shot, so extra bonus piece of trivia there. Yay! So anyway, with that, they go to investigate the... Um, Silver Shamrock Company. I love the fact how he's on the phone and he's got a six pack of beer. I just love that one. I mean, like I say, no scene he is in apart from the opening scenes where he doesn't have a drink in his hand or he isn't hungover or drunk. I mean, this is ridiculous. This and this guy's your fucking hero, really? Movie. I mean, oh my god, the eighties. I just love it. As the cam they pull away in the car, the camera pulls to a, a bank of TVs, and of course it's playing the bloody Silver Shamrock commercial. Too much to Halloween, 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 there's Halloween, Silver, oh whatever, moving on. So they're driving to Santa Maria, which is the same place Invasion of Body Snatchers takes place, because apparently these are not Robots, their pod people will get yourself to fuck with that one. I mean, that's a stretch and a half, is it not? I mean, mm. apparently, Halloween 3 got a lot of slack for being anti Irish. As I say, like this guy bought this entire town shortly after World War II and then took over the entire town, and he's making joke stuff and masks for decades. By the way, I actually read a theory that the entire town. Santa Maria is actually ran by robots. There's not one human apart from the, the one that was killed. There's like a handful of humans, the rest of it is all robots. It's interesting. Oh, idea there. Uh, 
as they drive into town, they're being watched by Rafferty, played by Michael Curry, who is, of course, your stereotypical Irishman who's talks a lot of bollocks. And then, of course, he runs the one motel in town as everybody's giving them the bug eyes, watching them going, it's got a death, because this is a local village for local people. What the hell that joke is, and who cares? I mean, I wonder how much this town actually... I love the fact that it's got CCTV cameras in 82, and not a lot of people, a lot of places had CCTV. There about that one. The entire town is surveilled. Or whatever. <clears throat> ah, the Silver Shamrock Factory, which I believe is a milk factory? Or a... Uh, was it a paper factory? I believe a paper mill or something like that was. Uh, uh, this was changed. So Dr. Chalmers suggests to go back to the motel and rent a room because they'll be surveilled. Ooh, Kieran, how do you know the room isn't bugged? Dear, oh dear. So they go to Rafferty's Deluxe. Is that the name of the hotel? I mean, why is there a gas station slash hotel? It's very Roman Beats, this is it not? <laughs> it's cosy, it's quiet, and the price is right. I've had a shock since he's got a fucking terror, so it is. My god. Makes this better. <laughs> Now, I love the fact how they've got a big Irish map on the wall. It's just ridiculous. So they go through the the um, register, and apparently all the names are actually names of the crew. So there we have that one. I love the fact how they only have one small suitcase, yet she has a change of clothes, and she has like that piece of lingerie she wears early, earlier on in the movie. How in the feck is that? Like I says, is she actually a robot all along? As drives past Colonel Cochran in his limousine, because of course he has a limousine, I mean... Oh dear. God, the accent is terrible. As I Pulls the Kepper family. Apparently, this is a swipe at the ugly Americans. With Buddy Kepfer, played by Ralph Strait, Betty Kepfer, played by Jadine Bar Barber, and Little Buddy, played by Brad Schickactor, who, of course, are fat, obnoxious, loudmouths, and, of course, the, the kid's a little bloody well brat. Take that, America. Swipe. I mean, ugh, terrible writing. I love the fact that the kid gives the mother the finger when he, he tells her, don't go to the road. What a little snot-nosed punk. If that was me, I would have got the shit slapped out of me, but no, this is... Oh my god, so bad. As up pulls... What's her name? Marge? Who's there to complain about the shoddiness of the masks, and she gets a... 
I don't know, jaw-dropping time later on. Apparently, she is... Uh, what's her name? Garen Stevens, who was Atkins' wife at the time, so... Yay. I mean, I love this one. So they're in the room. She goes, oh, I thought I saw Cochrane. Let's get into this thing. He goes, my clothes keep for another day. Yeah, but you've worn the same clothes for three fucking days, reeking of bar smells and beer and whiskey and fuck knows what. I love the fact that I go, there's only one where bed will sleep. Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? Ew. Sweetheart, I don't know. Get a fucking... Oh my God, that's so, so gross. Then it's a sex scene later on, it's just even worse, I mean, oof. Like I said, is she a robot all along? She a seductress robot to keep this guy busy as the plan comes to fruition? I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, later that night, it's curfew time, and that curfew announcer is Jimmy Lee Curtis, so she beats... Donald Pleasance by, let me see, Halloween 1, 2, 3, H2O, Resurrection, Halloween, Halloween Ends, and Halloween Kills. You count the ones, I can't be arsed. <laughs> it's 6 o'clock, it's curfew, time to sleep. I mean, I don't So the entire town shuts at 6. How the fuck does this make money, by the way? I mean... Mm. And if that entire town closes at a certain time, how is it a drunk that is wandering the streets looking for people to take money? Wouldn't the camera spot him right off the bat and just kill him straight away instead of waiting until he badmouths? Uh, Conor Cochran, then the androids kill him or the robots kill him, so there's a bit of a oopsie there. And where did Chalice get his bottle of whiskey from? If everything shut at six, I mean... Uh, am I just picking him? <laughs> oh my god, the CCTV footage is grainy as fuck. I mean, Christ almighty. I love the fact that it's all Shamrock savings and Shamrock in and doubling in and all this malarkey and it's like, we get it, it's an Irish town for crying out loud, it's like, uh I suppose I'm a bloody leprechauns, so what a bloody well place, I mean, oh wait, maybe this is anti-Irish, I have no idea. Why would you share a bottle with a bum, do you even wipe the bottle, you just drink from it, that is so disgusting. As this guy gives away the fact that Cochran bought this place and he put the, the, the factory in did he get off me? Not me, not me flat, they're all his people, they're all foreigners, not malarkey, they're all brought in. Yeah, because they're all bloody robots, that's why. Oh my god, this movie is so... <sighs> Like I said, this would have been better if this was filmed in, Amer in, in Britain, rather, not in America. 
because I could buy this whole drunk thing and, uh, and the whole bomb scenario and the it's got a death curse the crazy Ralph for this movie. But and this just seems tacked on. Now it's filmed in America. This should have been filmed in Britain. As I said, that would explain the three at the time TV channels and the one time zone because America has what about I don't know ten time zones. I have no idea off the top of my head. So how the hell could this Conal Cochrane plan work? I mean, uh, it should be filmed in Britain, it's set in Britain. I mean, why wasn't it set in Britain? Yes, you have American actors, but could you have set this thing in Britain for crying out loud? I mean, all this shit about oh, Americans that watch British movies, nonsense. So, Dr. Chalice walks off, and the crazy Ralph of this movie gets killed in, what is this, a scrapyard? I love the fact how these androids pull a predator and rip his head off, complete the spinal cord. I mean, that's so disgusting. And also, how strong are these android things, robots? I mean, crying out loud. Mmm, healthy dinner of spray, cheese and bread. Mmm, scrummy. Again, in the British release, this is heavily edited. You don't actually see this, you just see the, the spine. The neck gets snapped, the spine part But this one, you actually see him ripping it out and ripping it off, and that is just gross. And a little splot of blood, which is charming. <clears throat> so back to the motel. And here. Uh, Dr. Chalice. Actually, here, um, Ellie is told by Marge that her delivery is fucked up or something like that. She goes back to this shit dump of a place and blah, 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 and how the masks were good quality, but now they're shite as her son was thrown against the wall and the, the thing came off and this Marge. And I was thinking, so that little Silver Shamrock logo bash thing came off, uh, you didn't notice it's got like a microchip with rock dust in the back of it and did they bend the thing? Yes, I think not. Like I said, if I was to buy one of these masks, I'd be ridiculously heavy metal disc thing in the back of it. The first thing I'd do is cut that thing off and rip that thing off. I mean, that would be a pain in the ass banging off the back of your head constantly as you were a bloody thing, but they'll have that one. And here comes the uh, titty shot, because of course every good horror film should have a titty shot. As Ellie's taking a nice hot shower, and she wraps herself up in a bedsheet, really love a bedsheet. Ask for fucking t 
pillows at a bloody front desk, you silly bitch. Oh dear. And so Marge scrubbed of her bed and she read her little book. She notices, oh my god, the badge logo thing is on the floor and it's got this weird mixture of the back of it. What's this? Oh, I think a poke of a bobby pin. Meanwhile, Dr. Chalice phones back the coroner to figure out what the hell's happening. They say there's a cock-up because all this is car parts. There's no actual bones and such. It's all just, like, cogs and such. And you're like, okay, then somebody's fucked up and gave you the car back. Not the actual human. Maybe there wasn't a human in the first place. Oh, my God, what does it all mean? So Charles returns with a bucket of, what is that, a bucket of ice and a bottle of champagne. Who said romance was dead? And she's waiting for him wearing a fucking black lacy lingerie. Where the hell she have that in that little dinky ass suitcase? Like I said, is she a robot? She's just a duchess robot all along. I mean, your dad died less than a week earlier. You're now going to bed with this crusty old guy. Oh my god. So on the plus side, looks to wax Tom Atkins' back. I mean. Moving on swiftly, because that sex scene is frankly disturbing. It's now... God knows what time that was. At ten past ten at night... And the radio advert of the Silver Shamrock. Why the hell would you? I mean, the TV was bad enough, it's on the fucking radio also. And she's climbing over him like a bloody bitch on heat. I mean, apparently they've had it off like three times that night. I mean, the guy's in his, what, 40s? He's a lush alcoholic? Yeah, love. Good luck with that one. Wouldn't he have fucking whiskey dick? I mean, noodles dick, for crying out loud. Oh, the fact how they've shagged at least four times and he goes, how old are you? She goes, oh, old enough. Wouldn't you ask her before you dip your dick in, you stupid fucking idiot? I mean, Jesus Christ. As you go for round three, Meanwhile, back in Margie's room, she's going to have a jaw-dropping experience as she tinks around with the Silver Shamrock logo, as I said earlier. Apparently she refused to wear the face mask thing, so it's a stand-in double, and she also refused to have the bee or the... Yeah, it's a bee, because it's a wasp or a hell, or crawling out her mouth, so that's a double also. So nobody has actually noticed this before. He sold hundreds of, if not thousands, of these silver shamrock masks. Nobody's noticed that it's got a fucking microchip. So she stabs it with a fucking bobby pin like a bloody well idiot. I mean, this chick deserves to die. I 
and the quote-unquote misfire. Oh no! And she gets a beam of what the hell it was, blue light to her face and it melts her face off pretty much and destroys her mouth. And this dummy looks cheap! My god, no wonder this was cut in Britain. As there's the little, what's that, a wasp, a bee, what the hell that thing is, crawling over the place, that's clearly a dummy. Which again is cut from the British one, all you see is the, the, the face. So, it's hours later, and finally Cochrane comes to get Margie's long dead body. If you look at the time on the clock, it's, what is that, ten past two in the morning? Oh god, Tom Atkins' ass flash. No! It's enough to turn you straight. <laughs> but he goes through this movie wearing corduroy trousers and no knickers. Chafing! <laughs> I mean, you expose it as, like, ball torture, so... <laughs> as Cochran shows up and cuts away Margie's dead body. And finally, this is our big introduction to Conal Cochrane, played by Dan O'Hurley of Robocop fame. And up he pulls in his limousine. All over my friends, just a small accident. Oh dear. I'm not sure this accent is actually worse than the other guy's one, but then we have that one. You try to say to me, like, Coral Corrin didn't test the. I don't know, the durability of these masks at all. They just shut these out by the hundreds of thousands. Didn't even kiddie test them to make sure that they, these little bashings can't come off. I mean, but looks like it was only glued on. It wasn't even if it was like, I don't know, melted on or screwed on. It's just glued onto it. So, you try to say to me, this is the only time when a misfire has happened. Yeah, I find that highly bullshitty. So, they take the body back to the Silver Shamrock uh, factory. As Dr. Charles up with a plan to, I don't know, get into the place and take a wander around the place. So, next day, Saturday the 30th of October. And Chalice is on the phone again to the corner. And again she says it's a cock up because I still can't find any bones. It's all just pieces of metal and such and should not raise suspicions then.
Oh, fact, she goes, it was a hot fire, but there should have been bone fragments at least. Yeah, it's a bloody robot, love. I mean, you've had it for, what, about seven days now? You've not realised there's no flesh or bone? And, of course, this place is bugged, because, of course, it is. I suppose the rooms are not bloody well bugged, I mean, hmm. So, off goes Connell Cochran with a shipment of masks. Shouldn't these masks already have been sold by now? I mean, it's the day before Halloween for crying out loud. How many masks think he's going to sell? And also, what's the next? What's going to happen on, I don't know, November 1st? I mean, once all the kids in America are all dead with fucking snakes and scorpions and spiders and fuckers shooting at their face, what's next? I mean, how's he going to keep this a continuation? So Ellie goes to the factory and demands a new delivery. As Conor Cochran takes him to do a whole Willy Wonker style tour, uh, including the Kefirs, because the Kefir are the test subjects. So. Oh, there we have that one. I mean, all I've got to say about these, this family is so fucking obnoxious and so annoying. It's unbelievable real. I'd kill them also. <laughs> I mean, what is that wife wearing at all for crying out loud? It looks like a bloody neck curtain. And what is the kid wearing? What is that father's tie? Jesus, jinkies. So like it says, so there's the start of the whole tour, as Connacock catches them and calls them Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I believe. So Cochran gives Ellie another uh, order, as you do, I mean, mm, must be thousands of these bloody things just lying around, but there we have that one. What happened to all these masks? I lost get my hands on the original 1982 mask, or even three of them. I mean, it was so cool, but you know, I know there's, there's replicas out there and they cost a pretty penny, but I'll get my hands on the actual 1982 versions. So Cochran gives them the Wonker-style tour of the factory. And it shows you the mask getting made. I mean, like I say, it's going to buy these masks after Halloween. I mean, uh, especially if they kill everybody. It's kind of ridiculous and stupid.
So I said, so he shows them the masks, and he goes, there they are, they get made specially designed, that's crap. I thought, again, it's the day before Halloween, why is there so many of them? So anyway, so he takes them down to the basement, and here these little, I don't know, fucking famous junk, it all looks like clockwork crap, to be honest. The shower shamrock and all these. God, sticky toilet paper, for God's sake. Rubber chainsaw for crying out loud. What a lot of Who buys all this crap? Let me ask you. Oh dear, the political racist Native Americans think they are. Look, they want swiftly. Can have this one, this one's final processing, you little shit. I put it on and get snake shit in your arse, you little fucking snot nose punk. So, Cotton gives him a free mask and off the run. It's a pretty boring tour, isn't it? I mean, you get to see, what, a room full of antique toys and where the master made, ooh, ah, sign me up. I mean, boring. That took all afternoon, or sorry, all morning into the afternoon, really. Jesus Christ, how boring was that tour? Ah, for sure, the final processing room with the dirty little secrets behind it. The fact how this uh, Buddy Kefford guy goes, I can't put an order in. Why is that? And he goes, Oh, but we're a bit behind in a small arcade now. Says, yeah, because you're not going to be killed, you stupid fat twat. As Charles notices, the entire place has these weird robotic guys just standing around doing bugger all. Yeah, creepy, run for it. So with that, he and Ellie are run for it. As he tells them, oh my god, I feel we're getting watched by dozens of people. Look at them all, they're everywhere, all wearing the same bland suit. And here Ellie sees her father's state uh, car. And three of the goons stop for getting anywhere near the car. Yeah, love. This is suspicious. Run, Forrest! <clears throat> Trade secrets, my ass. The guy's up to something. 
So later that afternoon, they're back to the room, and surprise, surprise, Dr. Charles has a glass of whiskey in his hand, because like I says, every scene he's in, he has a glass of whiskey. I'm crying out loud, I mean, it's ridiculous, or a beer, or whatever the hell it is, it's ridiculous. So Ellie wants to leave town, but he wants to, I don't know, have another drink, I'm guessing. As he bugs off to the office to phone. And unfortunately, he can't get an outside line because this time Conor Cochran owns the telephone company because that's how Alan works. Again, voiced by Jimmy Lee Curtis. And again, a silver shamrock advert. I mean, this is getting annoying now. I mean... So if I saw that for about the third time, I would turn off the TV. Fuck all this hypnotism stuff when it's supposed to be hypnotising you is the flashing that's supposed to be... The way the song goes, it's supposed to be hypnotising you to watch the thing, but I don't know, this thing would drive me insane. I'd turn it off. So, Charles returns to the... Motel room and finds Ellie are missing. Like I says, is she in illness or is she actually human at this point? When did when was the transference from her being human to being a robot? Oh, spoilers. <laughs> and there's about six guys outside, all dressed in hideous suits. Yeah, because a little plastic. I can, oh dear God. So Cochran, uh, Charles runs for it as the guys stalk after him menacingly slowly. I love the fact how he thought a bottle of wooden door was going to keep these guys a little stupid bathroom snib. It's going to keep them away. <laughs> the bathroom lock, rather. It's going to keep them away. It's ridiculous. So they give chase and he runs for it. But he quickly loses him because of course he does this the 80s movie. He tries again to phone out again, but again, Jim Lucas is like, nope, you're going nowhere, douchebag. I mean, ugh, so ridiculous. So Ellie is then taken deep into the uh, bowels of a factory to be transformed into a robot, question mark. says he can't get an outside line from a public telephone. Really? How rich is this Conor Cochrane guy? He owns public telephones. I mean, this is ridiculous. So with no choice, he runs into the Silver Shamrock factory, as you do, to become the superhero guy and try to rescue the girl. Shouldn't he be suspicious that like, it's easily sneaking to this factory? I mean, this guy's a fucking idiot. He just runs and sneaks under the chain like fence. I mean, the amount of guys that was in this earlier on, there was about, what, 12 or so people? But this one, they're empty. There's like one car. 
He just gets in that easily. I mean, this should raise red flags left, right, centre, but this guy's a fucking idiot, frankly. He's a fucking drunk moron. How easy it is to break into this factory, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's an open window for crying out loud. I mean, he just think this is suspicious. There's uh, multi-million dollars of stuff in this place and he just gets in from the open back window. It's ridiculous. I mean, oh dear God. So he finds in the bills in a basement with hundreds of thousands of bloody well masks, he finds some old woman sitting knitting and apparently she's a clockwork model. From Germany, from I can't remember what we had. I think it's sixteen hundred or something ridiculous like that. So there's your first indication they're not all human. I love the fact how that CCU camera misses Chalice as he walks into the bloody reception area. It's utterly ridiculous. I mean, this movie is a fucking mess towards the end. As I was saying, so he sneaks around the place and finds the old woman just sitting there knitting away. As you do. The fact that he just shakes it and the head falls clean off. I mean, uh, to show uh, clockwork innards, as you do. How'd you get the skin texture? Hmm. He's then jumped by, um, what's his name, Dick Warlock, I believe that is. And he comes to the most ridiculous fight ever put to, to screen. I mean, Chalice punches him and he goes, oh, fuck. Oh, dear God. Yet, two punches to the to the stomach and rips these uh, innards out and rips it like wires and such. And then this is just ridiculous. I mean, oh my god! I love this uh, mango juice as blood. I mean, it's very. Uh, Aliens, or alien, rather. I mean, except it's mango juice and not milk, but there were that one. It must have stunk, by the way. It's so disgusting. In fact, he just gives up as he's like, oh, fuck. He's then taken by two robots and has cocked and goes, such a waste. And here he finds out Dr. Charles is not Mr. Smith, it's Dr. Charles. Uh, there we have that one. And here comes the 
Bond villain monologue because of course he's a gonna Bond villain monologue because he's a fucking idiot. I mean, he takes him downstairs to show off. He has the Stonehenge rock and knows all the computer systems and such and the flashing pumpkin, the magic pumpkin. Watch the magic pumpkin, kids. Don't forget the big giveaway at nine. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. I said, so he takes them downstairs. In fact, he just leaves the, the robot just lying there in pieces. I mean, ridiculous. Sunday the 31st, Halloween. <gasps> so what, did they have him tied up for most of that night? I mean, what's going on here? And why would you show him all these dirty little secrets, the fucking idiot? I mean, doesn't he watch porn movies? I mean, never monologue for crying out. Never show off your technique. Never show off your, your plan. I mean, just do your plan. Shoot Bond and go away. I mean, ridiculous. So he takes him in the elevator, down. And he will find out uh, one of them's actually human, or they're at least mimicking humans, I have no idea. So, Connell Cotton says they're all wearing plastic masks, really? They look skinned to me, but there we have that one. So Cartwright takes him deep into the bowels of the place as he explains his plan. He wants the hills are hundred with blood. As he's using, what is it, magic and technology to make spiders and snakes and scorpions and ants and God knows what cockroaches and crickets and God knows what shoot out of the face of various children or adults that wore these masks for that one specific flashing hypnotic uh, broadcast of the, the, the um, Big Giveaway at Nine. I mean... It's ridiculous. I love the fact how he doesn't explain how the fuck he got that Stonehenge rock from England to America. And he's just like, oh, how the hell would I? How? Tell me that one. I mean, how the fuck did you do that? I mean, crying out loud. And how does this all work about it? I mean, it doesn't explain how this magic works, but... Hmm. He's the witch of the season of the witch, then. Well, shouldn't it be season of the warlock? I mean, who did that hang it? Who did? Well, you how you done it? Yeah, you tell me how you did that one. You fucking old git. Now the fact out they're using hot glue to stick the fucking logos on the back of it. That's ridiculous. I mean. <coughs> Like I say, no kid ripped the thing off. I mean, it's hot glue alone. How easy to get back off again. And a little bit of rock dust, and it's perfectly fine to do the little magic. Explain. Hello. 
If you're going to bond villain monologue, at least fucking explain your plan, how the fuck it worked, how you done this thing, and, oh, like I say, lazy-ass writing. So Cochrane shows Ellie is now tied to a table in some random room, and as you do. He then shows her the shows them the body of Marge. As you do. Why? And here we go. The uh, Keffer family gets her comeuppance finally as Cockton takes them to a, a mocked up living room and lets little buddy watch the, the advert or commercial and boom the final uh, plan is revealed each one of these masks has enough magic to shoot snakes and scorpions and spiders and ants and god out of the little kid's face and arsenals it's fucking ridiculous Again, the amount of red flags in this place is ridiculous, but these idiots still do this. I mean, why would you be led into a room with no windows and only one door which you're locked in? I mean, this is just fucking ridiculous, but it's fine. I have to go to the bathroom. What a, what a fucking runt. I mean, another red flag. I think I figured out why I won't take more for next year, because you're dead, you stupid fat twat. I mean, honest to God, who wrote this fucking... I love the activation code for the secret signal. It's 666. Ooh, spooky. And it is... Today's a Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Today's the for Halloween. Silver Shamrock, oh, for God's sake. It's time for the big day. Put your mask on, kiddies. Come watch the magic pumpkin. As you get epileptic fit off the bloody bull thing. <clears throat> watch the magic pumpkin. Watch. Do, 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 do. That's so annoying. So the little buddy starts to feel weird as his face sort of melt. Uh, the mask is melting, his face melts off, and snakes shit out of his mouth. The mother just stands there as the kid convulses the floor. I love that one. As the snake and the crickets and God of it comes out, and she's like, No, not my baby! and faints. That's her knocked out. And the father is next as a snake bites him on the ankle. He's dead. A rattlesnake, oh dear. But yeah, mate, you're fucked.
Dr. Chalice acts badly to the shock of this thing. I mean, hmm. Yeah, fuck that. That woman's line has a grass snake crows into your ear. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> So with that, Chalice is taken away and put in some random room, tied to a chair to watch the Halloween. Meh, not the worst way to die, I suppose. Another advert, Christ. Today's the day, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. So I got up saying, oh fucking day now, joys. As it shows kiddies buying these things by the droves. I mean, yes, as we're in Dayton, Ohio. Only two kids are wearing it, the rest of them are wearing these cheap plastic ones. The New York. The big giveaway at nine, pay attention kids. Then we're in Nebraska. It's almost time, kids. Hurry home! Hello. Well, we Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Again, isn't there time zones? But moving on. Hello, we. Los Angeles, California. Silver Shamrock. I've seen a fucking day now. Joys. Seattle, Washington. And hurry back, kiddies. It's almost time. The big giveaway at nine. Chalice's kids are watching it on the TV. How then again? Snakes shooting at their arse. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. Halloween. Halloween. Oh, fucking hell. God damn it, that was stuck my bloody old head. So the MD tries to phone. But unfortunately, uh, Chalice is dead, or rather caught, and nobody answers her. Uh, she gets killed by one of the robotic assassins with a drill to the face. I mean, Jesus Christ. I love the fact she's got all this stuff lying at her desk and it took her days to figure out it's actually clockwork. I mean, so fucking empty she is, a fucking idiot. Like I said, she can't get through. She jumped up upstairs, all the lights disconnected. Yeah. And walks the robot assassin. To kill this chick. With a power drill, I mean... Of all the things to kill her with, to kill her with a power drill, can only use like a... I don't know, a saw or something? Or machete? No, machete, yeah. Uh, I don't know, a scalpel or something? Thrust in her face? I mean, but it has to be a drill. 
I said, this woman has had this stuff for days and she finally puts two and two together. It's clockwork stuff. I mean, oh dear, oh dear. Who wrote this ending, by the way? This ending falls to complete and utter pieces. She realises, wait a minute here. It's not car pieces, it's a robot piece. Clockwork robot. So he drills into her head and kills her. And the British one, this is pretty much there. It's done off screen. Interesting. So you actually see the drill grin. That's, I thought I saw the drill grin, but they have it. Apparently not. She's now dead. Drill some. That's now 7.30 p.m. And the town's supposed to be empty, but there's people on a walk in the supermarket. Yes, yeah, you do. Mm. The town is now completely empty, abandoned, because they're all robots. As Chalice is tied to a chair with the skeleton mask over his face. And here comes the why. Time for a bit of speech. Chalk on the children. Father, then begging for candy. When the hills run red with blood. See the veil when Halloween was thin and the did. Dude was across the la 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 crap. Samhain or Samhain, as it's said in Halloween too. Red with blood. Witchcraft. Mm. This ending is so bad. I mean, it falls to complete utter bloody well pieces. So this is where the whole idea for the cult of thorn. The, we don't decide that the planets do. They lined up, and this is the perfect time to do it. No, it's malarkey. So same shit that happens in Halloween. Five and six. <coughs> Happy Halloween. So it's losing tight to the chair. Watching Halloween. As I say, it's not a bad way to die, I suppose. Last movie's Halloween. Yeah, why not? I love the fact how 
He's got, what is that, an hour and ten minutes? He just kicks the TV and he smashes it. Now, these are old CRTVs. These things were thick as fucking heavy as fuck. No chance one little kick would smash the fucking the screen for crying out loud. I mean, I'm loving all this 80s, 60s technology. It's all flashing lights and switches and knobs and buttons and so. Ooh, and old clunky old keyboards. I mean, crying out loud. I mean, one kick and it smashes the TV. I mean, oh my god. Ah, it's Cochrane gets a call from the. What is it? The. I don't know, the president of the TV networks. I mean, the one president for all the TV networks in America, as I have on. That one works, I mean. So there we go, so this notorious shot where uh, Atkins throws the mask and gets the camera, that was 41, 42 takes I believe, I mean, I love the fact that it has the POV shot of Michael and Halloween, <laughs> I just love that, and the robots didn't even notice that it's covered up, it's just stupid, Cochran doesn't give a shit for it, he's gathering on the phone for about 10 minutes, I mean, who wrote this bloody ending? So Charles or, or Dr. Charles escapes via the air vents. I mean, what is he, James Bond? This bloody doctor, no, for crying out loud. He screws off the screws, he's got a piece of glass. Uh, is that easy to work? I mean, hmm. and he weren't electrified. I mean, oh, this is so bad. Eight eleven. He's got was that forty odd minutes to find chick, stop the bad guy, and escape. Good luck with that one. It's a big giveaway at nine. Yeah, you fucking goosh. His plan would never work. I mean, what's he going to do? As I says on November the first. I mean, he's killed hundreds, if not thousands, of American children. A couple of dozen adults also. And he thinks he's going to get away with this thing? I don't fucking well think so. Then what? He'd be chased by the FBI, the CIA, God knows what. I mean... Then what, do you think he's going to sell more masks the following year? I mean, get yourself to fuck. This plan doesn't work. So finally the idiot robots find out the mask is on the, the TV camera and the air vent covers exposed and us market. It's like, ugh, this setting's so bad. He's on the roof of the factory, but the CCTV cameras don't find him. He the Cochrane hasn't doesn't have his army of androids or robots after this guy. This is just a fucking mess, this ending. He manages to sneak back into the place and he finds Ellie within a matter of minutes. I mean, this this is just badly written, so lazily written. 
I mean, in fact, how does a warehouse full of these mass like, What's the point of making all these for? I mean, what's he going to try and do? Sell these on the fucking secondary market for a buck ten? I mean, ridiculous. So he gets to the phone and phones the wife to tell him, take the mass off the kids. They'll turn to snakes and spiders and scorpions and cockroaches and crickets and God knows what. And she goes, no, we're not doing it. I'll just do as I told you, silly. Mm. How does this one get an outside line, but the other phones didn't? I mean, it's bad all right. So apparently, uh, what was her name? Duh, 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 duh. Nancy Keys was pregnant with Tommy Wallace's child in this. Interesting information there for you. I love the fact he just presses knife and outside line and doesn't realise that all the lights are all getting all of the lines are they're all getting uh, listened to it's ridiculous. Call the fucking police, you moron. Finally Cochrane sends some of these robots after him. Like I says, he finds Ellie within a matter of Seconds. I mean, it's just so badly written. She, of course, doesn't say a word because she's now a robot. I mean, when would they have time to make a robot version of her? Like I said, she a robot all along. Cochrane just lets this happen. I mean, this is just so bad. So it's eight twenty-six. And the chase begins as they get stopped by the early robots. So Charles leads Ellie into the um, warehouse and they grab a box and up to the rafters and of course the box is full of the logo badge thingies. I mean, what the fuck? In fact, nobody sees the uh, oh, this is just, just bad. Nobody sees the, the mask and wheeled across the place. This is just so badly written. Jesus. I was a fan of this movie. I mean, I actually liked this movie when I first saw this way back in, what was it, 80, 88 I think it was, I first saw this in video. I, I thought this was weird, yes, but I actually liked this movie. But watching it back, they want this to get so much hate. It's just so badly written, so lazily written. I mean, remember the, the, the playgroup? The playground, the playground rather, in school, talked about how this movie was so incredibly insane. You had masks that would kill you and snakes would fall out your mouth and shoot your mouth and such and various bugs and beasties and all this malarkey. And this was insane how this witch was trying to bring back Halloween to its roots and all this. And it's like, yeah, I actually was a fan of this before it became popular internet meme. But watching it back, it sort of doesn't work. This shouldn't have been stretched out to the length that it is. It should have been an hour and 24 minutes. Not nearly an hour and 50. This should have been cut down. Should be a Twilight episode. I mean, Tales from the Crypt episode, something like that. I mean, it's just too stretched. You're supposed to believe that this drunk Dr. Chalice guy can do all this. He's supposed to be a superhero and... 
Uh, this just doesn't work for me at all. It's not explained how the magic technology works. There's nothing to this thing. But, although I do love the uh, the um, giant computer banks. I love that one. Christ. Another of these androids or robots, or whatever they are, humans, seed chalice sneaking up behind him as he activates the signal and throws down the, the logo badges, which cause him to electrocute the entire place. And then that causes the. I don't know, is Stonehenge Stone to kill Cochrane? Why? Because he failed. I mean, he just stands there and claps and gets turned into stone. This ending's a fucking mess. It's almost time, kiddies. Gather around the TV, put your mask on and go. Tss. You try to be these take these guys can't turn a signal off at their will. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, really, you can't just pull the plug. As he dumps hundreds of these logo coins and lunch gets them all and. That's it, they're all dead. I mean, this ending is so lazily written. And if Ellie was a robot all along, why should you just kill him there and then just throw him off the rafters? I mean, ah, dear. This annoys me. How the hell did the guys on the staircase get killed? I mean, again, why did Cockroach just accept his death like that? He just stands there and claps and. Gets turned to stone. What the fuck is going on here? This ending is a complete, utter fucking mess. I mean, why did it turn on? Was it because he's got a whole bank of TVs in a circle and because he's failed and uh, the Stonehenge is like, nope, you failed, you fucking idiot. Have a shot of this up your arse and turn you into stone. I mean, what the fuck? He just stands there and claps. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right, so with that, Charles and Ellie are run for it. As it gets turned to stone and just disappears. And then the Stonehenge stone explodes. Yes, the stone actually explodes. Who in the fuck wrote this? This is the entire factory and it goes up in flames and sparklers and then it's in fire to, to run for it and it's now the end. Finished, right? And you're wrong. As they drive out of town, Ellie turns on Chalice and she's actually a robot all along. Oh my god, it's like the fucking ending division of Boy Snatchers. Why don't you just sit and point and go, oh. I'm for crying out loud. What was his name? Donald Sutherland? The whole pointing? You're not, you're not a pod person, you're a human being. I love the fact how Ellie just turns on just like that. I mean... If the computer system's supposed to blow up, who's controlling her? I mean, who programmed her? Who's doing all this crap? But anyway, she attacks him. He quickly gets the best of her as they drive off the road. And 
I mean, <sighs> this ending is a fucking mess. So he crashes the car into a tree, and the boot opens for some bizarre reason. As her hand is now stuck in the door, she's now one-handed. I mean, she attacks him with one hand. He then beats over the head with a fucking, was it a tire? I don't know, Jack, what the hell it is. And boom! She's dead, right? Wrong! She's a robot. The fucking hand attacks him. I mean, this ending is a fucking joke. Oh, dear. Boom! Bang goes her head. She's dead. Take that, Ash. It's what I look for the earlier Ash from Alien. The hand now attacks him. Or the hand, rather, the arm, as he gets back into the car. I mean... Ascending's a complete fucking joke. Why is she the only one that's still active after being pretty much dismantled? I mean, the other ones were quickly killed, but she's still active. I mean, Ascending is a complete joke. Also, I love the fact that it's supposed to have a robotic grip, but she just pulls it off and throws it aside. As it leaks more mango juice or orange juice, what the fuck that stuff is. He then checks the watch. He's got, was that, 10 minutes to go to stop the whole thing? She attacks again. It's now a headless tor torso with one arm. It attacks again. What it's doing is it's grabbing his ankles. I mean, for fuck's sake, who wrote this bloody ending? He then just runs off into the night, runs back to the same garage from the start and gets the guy to phone the three TV networks to cancel the the um, adverse because apparently he can do that. He just phone them up and go, cancel it. Yeah, no problem. Say it's a, a bomb scare or something. But you can't get the third one. And he goes, stop it! As the iconic ending. But it's just ridiculous, frankly. I mean, this is a lazy-ass ending. What about all the kids that are still outside trick-or-treating? How are they going to get killed by the snakes and the spiders and scorpions and such? I mean... Uh. Says a bomb threat. Says anything. Just turn the fucking things off. I mean... Uh. I say there's kids trick-or-treating as the thing's live on the air. I mean... How did they get killed? So he gets one, 
two channels, but not the third channel. Stop it! You've got to get a third one off the air. I mean, so one guy can control the entirety of the American TV channels? I don't fucking think so. Stop it, stop it, please stop it for God's sake, stop it, stop it! Oh God, such a bad ending. Stop it. Stop it! Down to the camera of the lane, uh, the camera ladder, and credits roll on this thing. What can I say? Is this an unfairly maligned? No, it's not. This thing is a complete fucking mess. Like I said, this should have been a Tales from the Crypt or a Twilight Zone episode, not a bloody nearly two-hour movie. This thing just drags on and on and on, and the ending is a complete fucking joke. And what was Cochrane's idea for the next day? I mean, uh, it's just a complete bloody well mess. So for that, I was going to give this thing a 6 out of 10, but I think I'll give this thing, I don't know, a 3 out of 10, because this is just camp nonsense. I mean, stick this on during the kids knocking door for trick-or-treating and just let the thing play. But be warned, you'll have that bloody silver shamrock theme stuck in your fucking head for days. You'll be singing it. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening. Now, don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. I want to thank you for listening to me drone on and on and on and on and on for this bloody well thing. I hope you enjoyed what little things I could throw at the, the thing. I mean, <laughs> it's a fucking joke. Now, my next podcast will be... I haven't a bloody well clue, to be honest. Um, So, whatever I do, I'll, what, I'll listen to it rather. I mean, hmm. Anyway, eh, bye, and happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock.